0: Hello, and welcome back to the next iteration podcast. Today's guest is Prashant Bhaga got it, got it. Yeah, got um, it. <laughs> who has done a ton of amazing things throughout his time on the face of the planet Earth. He's been the co-president of the UWPM Society. He's a product manager at Microsoft for several months he was the director of uw blockchain club so obviously you know he loves school he loves getting involved he loves leading uh and he also hosts his own podcast called billion moonshots as well as a blog that does some really really cool work um so yeah we're excited to dive deep into some of his experiences and his thoughts on some of the products we have in our world right now uh and just get into some organic conversation uh we've actually both appeared as guests on Prashant's podcast so we have a little bit of familiarity with the space so we're excited to see uh, him on ours and kind of return the favor and, and see where this conversation goes. So welcome Prashant. You are now listening to the Next Iteration Podcast with your hosts Fouad and Damien. If you like the episode, follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Our website was built by Faith Solutions, logo designed by Charmeni, and music by Wonderly Music. We hope you enjoy the episode.
1: Thanks a lot, man. Excited to be here.
2: Yeah, we're so excited to have you. And uh, so for those that don't know, Prashant is just calling in from literally halfway across the world from us right now. Uh, What time is it for you there?
1: It's 8 a.m. right now in India.
2: That's commitment to the grind. So thank you for being (laughs) here early time. Um, But yeah, so I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you flew back to India like right at the start of the pandemic or right before it?
1: Right. So crazy story over here. <clears throat> uh, basically, yeah, COVID happened March 2020. We were informed about that. I was doing my internship at Lefion, uh, in New York City. And New York was a tricky place for COVID because like, you know, people were, the notion around there was simply the fact that, hey, we all got through 9-11, we'll get through COVID as well. Which means they were all hugging and kissing each other that, hey, uh, let's get through this together. But that was not the right way to do it, right? So obviously, uh, very soon people realized that, hey, this this is not the right way to do it. We need to stay home. Our offices were shut down. Uh, I woke from home at least for four days. And then I felt super lonely, man. It was super lonely. And after that, like, you know, we had to make a decision that, hey, should I keep paying this expensive rent over here in New York? Should I move back to Canada or should I fly back to India? India wasn't an option until my university actually emailed me. They were like, hey, we are going to reimburse you for whatever plans you have. And I'm like, wait, how much are you going to reimburse? And they said like around 500 bucks. I'm like, that's it. That's my flight to India. So I flew back to India. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, There is only one minor issue, which we can talk about later on. a very good point for international students at least but yes i'm enjoying my time i have got a lot of time to experiment in this past one year and it's been fun with the family I love when you. you say experiment what do you mean what are you even experimenting with man man i did a ton of experiments in the last one and a half years. so because my at my job our biggest client was a gym uh, and gyms went down Uh, basically I got a lot of free time and this was the time when I focused (laughs) a lot on my content on LinkedIn. I grew to around 18 K. I got featured on LinkedIn news and that was really fun. And after, after content, I, after in general, my particular vertical of content experiment a lot within different verticals. So at first I thought that, okay, let me just put out product strategy insights Then I thought that, Hey, why not do the same content that you do for mock interviews because that's how that's a two-way street. Number one, I am improving myself as a product interviewer. Plus, I'm also helping others understand that hey, how do you actually interview? Plus, uh, because I'm actually writing right now, I'm actually going more in depth, uh, more in depth than I would actually go in a normal conversation interview. Because obviously, in conversations, you cannot dig into deep insights, or you do not even think about some holistic perspectives, right? So. I thought that was a great way, so I did that. Then uh, I started billion moonshots. At first, billion moonshots was supposed to be a different thing. I wanted to be. I wanted it to be a sort of like you know hackathon, an ongoing hackathon. But because of some personal reasons, I had to stop it. And then I started my podcast. Then I started a community called Product Bytes. Uh, a bunch of stuff. I did a bunch of experiments. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah we're...
1: i actually started a dating app yes
2: a dating uh, app too what no
0: way wait, wait, we yeah. got
1: to hear this i didn't know yeah, about what? this tell us about this what's okay, it called Bofe. Uh it's called one
2: okay
0: Ooh, <laughs> that's a good um... name for a dating app <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it, it, so basically what happened was that after when i came over here i also figured that one of my high school buddies he also came over here to surat which is my city my bird city and this, this is a really cool relationship with this buddy because we were together in seventh and eighth grade in the same tuition class. In India, we call tuition, which is basically after school classes. And this is where we, we got in touch with an amazing person who was a tutor who not only focused on academics, but he also focused on some like, you know, uh, co-curricular activities such as the debate. He also took us to play cricket on Sundays. He also... Uh, held his own science projects and science fairs. So that was pretty cool. And we both, me and this guy, we both turned out to be super competitive. Like we were the super most competitive guys over there. Like in terms of economics, in terms of debates, we both have, had loud voices. So we would like fight. Uh, in cricket, I was a fast bowler. I'm not sure how much people are aware about cricket. In cricket, you bowl just like baseball, and there's a batsman. So mm-hmm. basically, I was a fast bowler. He was a good batsman. And one time, I threw ball right at his head.
2: And oh man!
1: Hurt him. You
2: guys are like born rivals.
1: Exactly. Uh, like we were super competitive. uh So yeah, that time we ended up into so many fights but after leaving so what happened after that is he went on to study into iit and now he's working in microsoft in india i went to waterloo i studied what in at, at microsoft sorry i worked at microsoft in canada and then i am i have just graduated so like you know we throughout the years we saw that oh we both are mainly interested in growth and we should put all this competitiveness aside so now now that we were meeting after seven to eight years, we were hanging out a lot. And one day he's like, Prashant, I'm thinking we should do something together because we have a good partnership. He comes from a more technical background. I come from a more product background. And this is when, like, you know, one day we are right over here on a Zoom call. And that's when we are like uh, brainstorming that, okay, what should we work on? <clears throat> we realized that, okay, something that we really care about. Is memories like how do we create more memorable friendships? How do we go, how do we create more memorable relationships in general? And that's when you were like, hey, why not build a dating app? And yeah, that's how it started. But yeah, it took four to five months to keep on iterating, keep on releasing some very really small experimental products out there to validate our assumptions. And yes, finally we are now launching our app.
2: Oh, that's where at right now. the launch. Yeah.
1: The launch is happening soon in a month. the The main reason is because we hired a software developer who is actually a second year student, and he has internship season coming up, so he's taking some breaks right now. Oh, so that's the yeah. only thing that we are waiting for. <laughs> that's okay. awesome. So,
0: what about your app? Do you think differentiates it from other dating apps? Because there's a ton okay. on the market. There's Hinge, Bumble tinder i'm you know there there are a lot yes. i don't ask me how i know but i know there's a lot of 100 so. <laughs> percent
1: and i also know on my podcast you mentioned that you hate dating apps so it would be good to actually get your opinion uh, yes yeah. so here's the thing <clears throat> this insight basically started from a trip we both made to goa goa is the place where you go for vacation in india if you have to go a rich place uh, like by rich, I mean, country. yes yes by rich i basically mean good environment, good vibes. So <clears throat> we went over there. We were at a bar, and randomly we both came across two ladies, and then uh, we basically uh, befriended them. We were all we became friends, were at least first star. We were sitting together, having lunch, having the boring conversation. And then the night started. When the night when I say the night started, basically the party scene basically started over there. And uh, then we were we went crazy. We were like, you know, having drinks and we were dancing. There was so Hollywood was music party city? going. Yeah, Goa is big. It's Goa is basically party city. Yeah. So okay, awesome. Yeah. So basically over there <laughs> we were so drunk that uh, the DJ was playing Hollywood music, but we were doing Pangara. If you know Pangara, Pangra is a Punjabi dance. <laughs> so we we were looking like crazy guys, right in the middle doing bhangra But yes, we have we vibe together. We had so much fun, and we we still d- knew each other like me and one of those girls. But then, after that first interaction, throughout months, throughout months, I have we have kept in touch. We have video called a lot. Uh, we have b- become friends, and now we are at a stage where we are so good friends that. She, she's working at a top tier startup in India. And I, because I'm doing my podcast, she loves my podcast. They are actually hiring me to interview their people for their podcast. Oh, so no it way. has turned into such a nice relationship that yes, I, I'm every time I think about it that, Hey, should I go more to Goa or <laughs> what's happening over here? Like, <laughs> it might be a good huh? business
0: investment to go. Exactly. Uh, to go to exactly. You can right? it on the company
1: card. <laughs> exactly like how do i make this happening like how do i keep this going on like how do i keep this going on building having great fun in a party city and having these great business rois right so Mm -hmm. yeah this was the so basically the insight over here was that first wipe that hey on on dating apps what happens over here is that you are first saying swipe right or you are swiping right or swiping left first, and then you're actually interacting. What if you could turn? What if you could interact first, check the vibe, and then figure out if you wanna continue further or not, if you wanna invest further or not? A very low investment way of figuring out if this person is good or not, and then actually going and like confirming that, hey, you wanna invest further. So this was the insight. Because this makes a lot of sense, because obviously, what happens in general, like when people say that, hey, Uh, I would rather find my date on Instagram or let's say Facebook or Twitter uh, instead of these dating apps. What's happening over there is they're checking the vibe of that person that, hey, is that person uh like you know good uh mentally like mentally i mean like is that person like good to date like as a human being right uh and they're checking out if this guy is really passionate about his work and if he's fun to be around and stuff like that and then once they have figured that out then they say and then it's a very ambiguous way to say that hey i'm interested in you because now they don't know how to approach this right so basically what we are trying to do is we are first having you in a game in a very low uh what's the right word? Low pressure game where let's say it's a scribble. It's it's a very proprietary game that we are having them play right now. It's called one game. But yeah, there's one game there is scribble. There's a bunch of- Oh, other wait, games you guys made you your can, own game? Yeah, we made our own game. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> and through this, you could actually just to ch- just check their vibe. And once you check their vibe, then you can say that, hey, I'm interested or not. So this is a very um, low pressure way. And this, is, this was the insight that we built upon. And yeah, I we love got, this idea. We Sorry, got go one ahead. success story. <laughs> wait, what's this? So you, you, you made a match already. We are making match every weekend where we are having them manually play this because the app is not out there. I had like, okay, believe in showers, like always trust your showers because shower is the time when you're going to get, gonna get oh, amazing ideas. Yeah. So one day I went to shower and I was like, wait, uh, our app is taking a time, uh, quite a few time to build. So how can I still be excited about what I'm building? How can I still keep engaging my users? How can I still keep the motivation up for my team? And how ca- can I keep getting insights? How can I keep getting insights? So these were some things that were going on in my mind, and this was the time when I was like, "Hey, let's start an Instagram page." We started an Instagram page, and this is when, like you know, we started putting a lot of stories constantly. We'll put stories out there. We'll constantly, like you know, ping our users that hey. Actually, at that time they were not users. We were trying to ping people who might be potentially, uh, who might potentially become our users, and then we will keep on just getting insights. That hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Stuff like that. And then one day I thought that hey, what if I could recreate the app on Instagram? So what? What if I could recreate the entire experience that I want to offer on the app on Instagram chat? So this is when we went through this entire. Uh, thought process of recreating that on Instagram where we would uh, like, you know, randomly match people. We will put them in Instagram group. We'll have them play this game. And at the end, we'll be like, Hey, if you are uh, comfortable, if you love this person, if you like this person, uh, you can continue this conversation DM, or you can just leave this group and you, your privacy is good. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Like, you know, we did that and that was the best decision we took because now we, it seems like we are everyday building it seems like we're everyday learning something new. It seems like, and also our team is just super motivated for, we are always waiting for these Fridays and Saturdays because we have something fun to look up to. So, yeah, I totally forgot where I started this from, but yes, this is the end.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So I just want to kind of dive into that a bit more too. Like you obviously have taken time to understand your audience and everything. Right. And we will dive into um the definitely your writing and like the newsletter some of the other things that you're doing a lot more um in a bit later in the conversation but before we jump into that i'm just curious now that you've spent time both in canada and of course in india what's something that the people of the western world can learn from the people of india and what can the people of india learn from we the west
1: love this okay i was recently learning uh, i was actually recently listening to a podcast Sorry, I guess because I woke up, I'm just a little bit of <laughs> my yes, tongue is no, you're still you're like okay. that all day. So, <laughs> okay, yeah. So, I recently heard about this from the CEO of Alibaba, like CEO of Alibaba, who in this story is 10 years ago. And he basically said that whenever you have a problem, don't throw money at it. So, I thought that was a big thing. In India, there's a big thing about frugality. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Jugaad in Desi language. And Jugaad is big. Jugard is basically bootstrapping at its finest. So I believe what the Western world can learn from India is Jugaad. Like I know there are a lot of people who are bootstrapping, but there are some crazy ways how Indians are bootstrapping. So can I think of an example? Hmm. I think the easiest example that I can think of is like, you know, a lot of indian students or indian engineering students that i know of what they would do is they are right now all starting their youtube channels and youtube channels is a great way to do something fun on the side and also show their parents specifically who do not believe in this career that hey i can earn money from this because the thing about indian parents is that they don't they don't they really like engineers and doctors because it's a sure path to success and it's yeah. also a sure in their minds and also a sure part to income right or revenue but they don't understand how are you going to make money from gaming and like, you know, YouTube and stuff. Yes. So, yes, YouTube is the best way to also explore for yourself, but also like, you know, keep uh, making, making sure that you are earning money. Like if you hit that mark of whatever subscriber thing is. And after that, I've seen a bunch of people, they would start with JW content, which is a big entrance examination every student has to give in India. And then they would start, like you know, exploring into a software engineering path, and then they would use that reach to uh, start their own startup, and that's how they will, like you know, gain a ton of uh, media at the very beginning, in the very big, at the very start, basically. So I'm seeing a bunch of students do that, and again, uh, this is just one example, one very gener- generic example, but there are really cool ways of regard. I cannot think anything off off the top of my head right now, but yes, this is one thing that the Western world can learn. Now, coming to the other part, what could Indians learn from Western. I believe the number one thing we can learn is design. We know that France and Italy, the entire European continent, that is popular for design. Like a lot of design forms, design houses are being acquired by Indians right now. Like a big automobile company, it's called Mahindra. Uh, Mahindra and Mahindra, I believe. They basically acquired a design house from France. It's, I think it's called Faria. I believe that's the name. And... Okay, Indians are finally figuring out that, hey, we need to we need good design to match the uh, global level. uh. And right now they are trying to acquire they have realized that they are trying to acquire European and like, you know, these Italian uh design houses, but what definitely we need is this homegrown talent of design. Uh, when we think about an app that is Americanized, we think about a very beautiful layout. We think of a very beautiful subtle colors going on, a very good focus on UI user experience and stuff. When we think about Indian apps, uh, just five years ago, that wasn't the case. Right now, yes, there has been a lot of focus over here, but this is, again, something that we need to invest a lot in. We need to make sure that we put uh, the Indian app ecosystem on that same level.
0: mm do you think is the cause of that uh, lessened focus on design? Do you think it's because grateful, of the schooling system? Do you think it's because of the values of the country? Like why is India not focusing on design as much as it is on technical stuff?
1: Great question. Okay. I will take a segue over here or I will take a side uh, way over here, but basically... Do it. We love these. <laughs> basically, I had a major realization. So <clears throat> when I came to India i'm seeing my mom watch tv and specifically watch a serial like a very like you know i'm not sure if you guys are aware of the indian tv uh, scene but basically there are some crazy like saas bahu sass bahu is basically uh what's what's the what's the english translation to saas bahu it's basically like you know like a mother in law mother in law and daughter in law the relationship of mother in law and daughter in law yes that's the right word wow Uh, Yes. So mother-in-law and daughter-in-law relationship and Indian TV scene or serials, they show crazy, crazy, like, you know, amount of drama going on between these two people. And this is the this is the only thing that women used to love, not women, but in general, everybody used to love. Like this is something I used to watch when I was a kid. Uh, So, yeah, Indians, they grew up watching these crazy drama shows, right? Every single day, seven to eight, eight to nine, nine to ten, whatever the time is. Right. Now that I came over here, I'm like, wait, now that Netflix is so popular, I'm seeing a bunch of my Indian friends stay or not Indian friends, friends who are staying in India, watch Netflix and Prime Video and stuff. Has TV eroded or has has the cord cutting happen in India as well? And I was surprised that even my mom is watching it right now. But then when I went to go, I had a conversation with the other girl, not the first girl who gave me my opportunity or my gig. The second girl, the second girl worked at Unilever. Unilever is a big company that just owns a lot of CPG products, uh, mm. that owns a lot of CPG products. She told me that, hey, when you think about India, don't just think about the 40% urban population. Think about the 60% of rural population or at least bring that into the conversation and she mentioned about the fact that unilever has powder as a product powder is talcum powder i do not use talcum powder i don't assume any of my friends in the western world they use talcum powder but in india talcum powder or talcum powder is sold like hotcakes right so mm-hmm. what's happening over here it's basically the rural india who's buying talcum powder who's buying all these products that might not actually be beneficial it's just for it's just because they are uneducated if that's the right term um, not sure how to describe that over here but yes this is what i believe but again there could be some theories behind it now coming back to your question why do i think it's because we always forget that 60 percent of indian population is rural they are still, uh, they are still leveling up in terms of their smartphone knowledge, their internet knowledge, they're still getting up to speed. And this is what's happening with them. So I believe that is one of the reasons why our design is very poor because we want to, we want to somewhere try to compensate for them. We want to somewhere help them adopt this new technology. And for that, our design is very poor. Now, again, when I say poor, The poor design is basically because we have a ton of constraints. It's not like ideally you would think in your mind that uh, like some people would have this question that, hey, if you just make good design for them, beautiful design for them, would it be just be easier? But you have to think of the constraints that we have. The constraints we have is a very low resolution screen. The constraint we have is a very low tier smartphone. It's called feature phone. Uh, It's just... Two years ago, that people or two or three years ago, that people have started getting good, uh, good resolution screen phones or feature phones, which is basically because of this one beast company called Reliance Geo. Uh, they have basically entered the market like crazy. Uh, they have brought a ton of rural population on the grid, or in general, on the internet, and yeah, increase India's uh, power economy power basically so yeah this is this is the general thought that i have because we have to build for those low constraints
0: i think that's a that's a great thought and something that reminds me of is the first iphones actually were skeuomorphic in design and skeuomorphism yeah. was so popular because people weren't ready to go to an iphone with know so many different colors and things like that that didn't look like something they'd already been using right that's why you had notes app that looked like a notepad right that's why you had a calendar that looked like a physical calendar right that's why you had a phone that looked like something with buttons right so um i can definitely see how that translates to a rural community right where people aren't used to using this and if you go for that you know ios 14 whatever look it's difficult to translate that because they don't really necessarily have the prerequisite knowledge of using a screen and looking at those features. Right. Uh, And I think about this all the time because, you know, it's easy for us young people because we're up to date with how things are changing. But sometimes I think, what if, what if when I'm like 80, the new tech is like VR (laughs) tech with your eyeballs. And like my grandson is like, dude, like just, like look over there and you'll see your notifications. And I'm like, wait, like I'm looking, I can't see it. Like, <laughs> how do I figure this out? And I have to remind myself that I'm I'm young and I'm privileged because I grew up in this technology that it's so easy for me, but it's not that easy for other people. Like some people don't just know that you have to swipe back to, you know, get to the previous screen or something like that. So I love that you mentioned that. Another thing that I want to dive deep into is this concept of leapfrogging. And we talked about this with Tuba on our podcast before, but leapfrogging is when, uh, you know, it's used in economics, used in business, used in tech, but it's when a country goes from landlines to high-speed high speed internet smartphones, right? It skips everything in between, right? Yep. And it's because, um, it's because of things like, you know, the increasing rate of globalization, it's because of exponential technologies, right? Where you have people in Africa going from being completely unbanked to having mobile only banking, right? They never had like the physical bank in between, right? And I think leapfrogging is such an interesting topic because it exposes a lot of the Western world's assumptions about how technology should be, right? When you have something you're building off of, you assume that things have to come from there, right? You assume that this has to inform how something is built next. But with leapfrogging, you're almost given a clean slate. Everything is completely new, right. people don't have any assumptions, people are using this for the first time, and they're eager for change. So I want to dive deep into this, because it seems like you have a lot of knowledge about the Indian market. Uh, what instances of leapfrogging have you seen in India uh, that like really, really stand out to you? And why do those in particular stand out to you? And, and what kind of implications do those have for, I guess, lessons that the Western world can take from, from the adoption of that new technology?
1: I believe the best one is simply Paytm, which is a competitor of PayPal. And this was a big thing. I always used to think about it that, hey, if I'm traveling in these auto rickshaws, which is the which is a very common mode of transportation for Indians. Like, why do I have to waste so much time in figuring out that, hey, if he wants 35 rupees, I have to figure out 30. If I have the three 10 rupees notes and a five rupee coin, and if I don't have, make sh- like, ask someone, okay, this is a real problem I faced like three, three months ago where my dad, he's like, hey, here's 500 rupees, do whatever you want to do. I'm like, okay, thank you. Uh, and I had to travel somewhere, and at this place, the auto rickshaw guy asked me for hundred rupees. I had 500 rupees note and now he didn't have a change. I didn't have a change. And I had to now go around and figure out that, okay, how do I get a change for 500 rupees note? And this was crazy. It, and if you want context, 500 rupees is basically $10, 10 USD. So Yes, this is a real problem that Indians still face. This is all inefficiency that Indians face about all this exchanging and uh, making sure you have the right change and stuff, right? So Paytm was a big thing. Now I'm seeing a bunch of auto rickshaws, not a bunch, like almost every auto rickshaw, they have a QR code in the in, in the center. You would just scan it and you are done. And I believe this was a big one because it, it's in general, like, you know, reducing so much, of friction and just helping people a lot. So this is something that I particularly saw and I am just super happy about it because it's super helpful to me. But in general, when I talk about it, uh, leaf frogging, the biggest leaf was geo. Uh, what geo did is that the entire ecosystem of Indian telecom industry was on 2G and 3G. They had laid out all the infrastructure, it was getting old they knew that they had to move to 4g but they had that sunk cost of 2g and 3g infrastructure what jio did jio realized that hey we have a ton of money and we know that uh, we know that we do, for 4g For for, to develop 4G, we don't need to invest in 2G and 3G. Now, I don't know the specifics of the technology. I definitely know about it, but I'm not an expert to dive deeper into it, but uh, hear me out. So basically, 4G technology doesn't need the infrastructure of 2G and 3G. It could be easily laid out without 2G and 3G, right? so when 4g came, when they came out with the 4g technology they were suddenly so high above in the market like the catch up rate for the existing competition was so high that these guys had like almost a year or two year off head start and that head start As well as a lot of strategies that they used, where basically they were distributing free SIM cards to every single person. And there were huge lineups uh, in front of all Geo stores that, hey, we want a free SIM card. Like that was such a good entry product for the Indian audience that Geo took real advantage of that headshot. Now, uh, no, Like none of the existing telecom industries were able to catch up. Like a ton of existing telecom companies were going bankrupt, like Tata, Docomo, Aircell, Vodafone and Idea, the two big competitors, they had to merge. Airtel, which is a big one, they were struggling, but now they have recovered. So yeah, the entire telecom industry was like, you know, going nuts because they had no idea how to catch up. So yeah, like within a few years, Geo has just like, you know, brought a ton of rural people on the on on internet they have like in themselves they have become the amazon of india by having this amazing entry product and then and then upselling them to all these services like broadband and like you know being able to pay your bills through this phone app and stuff so yeah this has been a big leapfrog and it's also a way to for indians to experience the super app because now what Geo does really well is I have a Geo broadband. It works really well. Uh, really well. And what happens is that the, the t- whenever the time it, it is for to for to recharge it, I go into this app to recharge, and it will start upselling me all the good things. Like it has a Spotify competitor. There's a Netflix competitor. It has like you know uh, ways for me to pay bill in. That in general makes me aware of what are the services that they provide. And in general, they can all, it's a space for them to advertise me that, okay, these are some services that I have. It's very attractive. And sometimes I try to look around. So I can see like, you know, they have like, like they have really done some good work in the last two to three years and brought the entire Indian market up to speed with this tech game that's going on. Do you see that legacy continuing or do you think the competitors are kind of catching up now? The competitors are definitely catching up airtel is the biggest competitor that was able to catch up just because airtel has some good infrastructure and they were in a good state other than that all the competitors died like they basically died because their strategy was so good or their entry was so good i believe geo is similar to is playing the same amazon game the only difference is that the ceo of geo or the parent company of geo which is reliance and the ceo of reliance which is mukesh Ambani, he is not Jeff Bezos, where he became rich by building Amazon. He already became rich by building a Reliance Corporation, which is basically uh, mainly they get the source of revenue from oil, oil and electricity. And now that he has all those funds, they are strategically and very, really, very, uh, really, yeah, very really nicely investing into good uh, good areas. So they're investing into VR, uh, they, they have like, a, like, you know, a really... Uh, a very crappy version of a vr headset but i love to see these i love to see these at least experiments going on because this means that they are not just comfortable or they are not just complacent that hey we got geo we cracked the code with geo we are not the big guys we don't have to work anymore they are actually pushing the boundaries as of now still so that's a good thing and i believe this will continue to go on
2: I was, um, I'm just curious how that's received by the Indian people as well. Cause we've had a couple other case studies of like giant monoliths or super apps, like for example, WeChat um, in China. Right. And you mentioned Amazon, similar thing. Like they just have a monopoly over such a large share of the market. How is the presence of that in India kind of felt? Cause it sounds like from what you're saying, it's still relatively new there. Right. So, yes, people
1: love the offers. I love the offer I got with this one. And that was a big reason why I just opted for GeoFiber. They were basically giving me one month of free free broadband, free internet service. Plus they were covering the cost for the entire setup, like to bring that box over here, to get the maintenance guy, to make sure it sets up, to pull the wire from my terrace and stuff. Like this entire thing was free. And they were like, hey, 30 days free trial. If you don't like it, yeah, it's okay. You can return it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. there's no, uh, there's no downside over here. Let me just give it a shot. And then I loved it. I loved it. I love the speed. I love the reliability and it's done. So yes, as of now, just to capture the market, they are, it's just like Uber game, right? Like how Uber when first comes to your city, they are putting out so many uh, discounts and once your city is mature, established, they'll be like, Hey, it's time to show you the real prices. Let's see the 20% boost. Uh, So yeah, it's just the Uber game they are playing. But Yes, people love it because this was a service that they never had before. And they respect it for that. I know a ton of people who, even though they have the competitors product, they would still be like, Hey, because Geo came in our city, our product is getting an, a, a boost. Like literally, this is the same. This is a thing I heard last week where I went to a person's place and they were like, Hey, we have the competitors product, Airtel's broadband service, but it, it was shitty before. Now that Geo has entered this uh, the city in general, because they have to lay all those fiber cables in the ground. Uh, now that Geo has laid those uh, fiber cables in the ground in their area, like suddenly Airtel is serving so much better because Airtel is worried that hey Geo will take the space. So in general, Geo is uh, there's a net positive game that's happening over here, and only after some time you will see the net negatives or you will see the negative sides of this because yes, uh, the like. Every time the 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 best thing about a monopoly is scale, efficiency, right? Because because of that huge scale, they are able to offer good service at a at a at a reasonable price to a ton of people. And that's what people love. That yeah, price is low, service is great. I love it. Uh, Obviously, there would be a time, let's say in two to three years when they get like a majority of rural population or majority of Indian audience on the market, there will be. I'm expecting some uh, backlash similar to Amazon. Uh, But yeah, let's see how they navigate the situation. They have to always position themselves as the new guys. Uh, because this is what we learned from zero to one. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys learned from, uh, like, what was your biggest highlight from that book, Zero to One? But my biggest highlight was this one line that Peter Thiel says that, hey, every monopoly is trying to position themselves as an underdog and every startup is trying to position themselves as a monopoly. It's a very cool game that's happening.
2: Yeah, that's actually super interesting. I honestly think that there would be a, a bit of a good opportunity to kind of transition a bit into more about your writing right? Because I'm very curious to uh, kind of dive into a lot of the implications of what happens after you become a writer. Now, I guess maybe we can just start with that as a question. How has this experience of writing recently changed your view of the world? I believe
1: the biggest thing about writing is that it helps you change. It actually helps you change constantly and every day your views, right? Because the day I the days I don't write, I just feel like, hey, I didn't learn anything, but the days I actually write, I feel like, yes, I learned something new, I changed my views. Even it's not my views, but it's actually my system because I'm, I am I basically use Notion. I'm, I believe everybody uses Notion now for all these stuff, but yes, I use a Notion template. And every day when I'm writing, I'm trying to shape that, extra minute that's inefficient in my writing because I try to make sure that I'm only taking one hour to write. So I have a consistent system that, okay, first 20 minutes, you're just gonna research. Next 15 to 20 minutes, you're just gonna write. Then you're just gonna polish. And then you're gonna take like 10 minutes to publish it on all the platforms, whatever that is. So I'm always trying to shave off every inefficient minute or five minutes from this entire system because I wanna make sure I'm not spending more than an hour or an hour and a half. On my writing. But yes, writing has really helped me change really fast because here's my story. So I got into Microsoft by winning a hackathon. It was a big thing for me because I'm an international student. I always had a dream that I want to break into this. Uh, In general, I just wanted to be a confident and happy person. And how to be a confident and happy person first have some security so first have some uh, security in terms of cash have some revenue rolling in so that was the number one thing uh, i did my first two internships at a very low pay and even uh, got not, not paid at all for at least my first internship so yes that's where i started and then when i suddenly got this huge boost at microsoft where i was now getting paid I had some good respect because I won a hackathon. I had some good money rolling in. Finally, I felt really good. And this was the time when you always think that, hey, how do I give back? I started giving back. And how, like, how I gave back was every single day after five, I scheduled these calls with people who wanted to learn about, hey, how it is to work at Microsoft. I started to hop on calls, started helping people. That's when I realized that, hey, a product manager always solves problem at scale. How do I solve this problem at scale? So, start writing. I started documenting. So every single day after coming back from work, I would be on my bed and I would like start typing that. Okay, what I learned today at Microsoft. I learned today this, 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 this. And this is how it started. Like just because of I definitely leveraged that word Microsoft a lot because that's how I grew from zero to I believe seven k followers in those eight months while I was interning at Microsoft. I every this was my same. Uh, system that hey every day you're going to write this what i learned during microsoft it could be a meeting it could be a project it could be a person i uh, met on a coffee chat it could be just a realization uh, so anything so i started writing about that that's how i went to 7k followers by just documenting then i realized that okay now that documenting has just brought me over here now i want to actually add value to people by talking about my field and also improve myself And this is something you learn always that, right? The best way to learn is to teach. So now that my focus was more into product management and I love this art, I was like, okay, how do I now become better? You become better by writing because while you are writing, you are structuring your thoughts, you are doing the right research, you are reading the right resources as well as now you are actually teaching people and building a community around it. So I started writing on product management and this was the time when I was like, uh, I, I got my new smartphone. So, how this started is I remember, like, you know, Waterloo just had those new Lime scooters on the campus. And I got my new Pixel phone. Pixel phone has the best camera, undebated. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: so, I went there, I clicked a picture of Lime scooter, and I was like, okay, I, I, I believe this is where I can bring a fusion of two things where I could, like, you know, uh, have my photography or showcase my photography as well as write about these things. But obviously, I cannot go around everywhere and click pictures. Like, I cannot be like, oh, let me click a picture of Google headquarters and write something like Google. That uh, fusion idea went down. But still, I kept going with the product thing where I would keep on writing about new products. And I always focused on why. The media always covers what's happening constantly every single minute. But they don't usually dive deeper into why it's happening or the history behind it. Right. And I love that. Uh, 40 minutes documentary sort of things rather than that one quick clickbaity blog. So I started writing about that why, and that helped me again go from zero to like 7k to 18k followers. And yes, now I'm again experimenting. Now I'm experimenting with those mock interviews, as I mentioned, as well as some other things. So, yes, overall, this uh, journey has helped me just become more structured about my thinking, Help me actually change every day because change is consistent or change is constant basically. And you have to consistently do that. Writing has also helped me build that anchor activity or anchor habit in my day, which if I don't do, I feel bad about it. Which when I do consistently, I feel that, hey, I'm a writer. It feels good. And also in general, like, you know, to always... Uh, now that we are in this virtual world to always keep in touch with your friends or keep in touch with your people, right? Because that's how they know that, okay, something is happening. Yeah. That's my
0: long, what are your answer. tips? What are your tips for somebody starting out? Cause actually I'm thinking of starting a newsletter soon. And I love that you mentioned staying in touch with friends. Cause that's one of the major reasons why I want to start a newsletter because I just 100%. moved away from all my friends here in South Texas. And it's been really hard staying in touch. And I want a way to, Showcase what I'm learning and like journal and all that, but also you know hopefully make it useful and um, actionable for for a lot of people I care about. So, what are your tips for for anyone starting on their writing journey?
1: Great question. I definitely feel like just hit publish. That's the number one advice. But the number two <laughs> advice I would say is like you know maybe go my route where. Uh, obviously I'm not sure uh, what stage are you in at in terms of writing where if you're very comfortable with focusing on one topic, but what if you just document, as you mentioned, like journaling and documenting, what if you use your newsletter as a way to just document your thoughts and document your realizations document, maybe a book that you're reading and stuff like that. And once you are doing that consistently, once you're building just the habit of hitting publish regularly, then you pick a topic because picking a topic Uh, comes with a lot of research where you have to invest a lot in research and if you start doing that from the very beginning uh that might just like you know yeah slow you down and once you slow down the habit of just posting regularly you just fall off the wheel so yes i would just say that okay maybe uh create like maybe start by documenting maybe create a list of 10 topics uh, the best time to think about these is shower or just before you're going to sleep because that's when I get all my ideas. So yeah, make a list of ten topics that you really want to talk about, and done um, for next ten days. Just write about that. Just build the build the habit of hitting publish first, and then choose a topic. Also, I believe it's a really good advice for gym as well. Like I know it's a crazy advice, but some people say that hey, if you want to start gymming, the first one month, just wear your shoes in the morning walk to the gym and come back. That's it.
2: That's all you need. <laughs> it's the whole I love the, thing, right? Oh, sorry, God.
1: Atomic habits, yes.
2: Yeah, exactly. No, it's just, um, and it's a lot easier to be, it's a lot easier to maintain something than it is to start all over because, you know, that's where the most- 100%. Is. Yes. Uh, so ha- habits definitely are powerful, but it's super cool though, as well, how your lived experience as a product manager translates, or at least you've been intentional about taking the lessons you gain from there and translating that into your own life, right? I think we've talked about it on the podcast before about how your own unique experiences can change the way that you navigate the world. And, you know, for example, like you're in marketing, you know, you see, you're walking to the street, you see a billboard or like an ad somewhere and you think, wow, that is a horrible, horrible, like, ad. you know, like who the, who was the marketing person behind this? I could have done a better job. Thinking about different ways that you could have gone about delivering the same message, right? Different variations of this. But yeah, it's just really interesting to see that a lot of what we do for work doesn't necessarily have to stay within that domain. There are lessons that are a lot more uh, adaptable, I guess, just for like your own life, which is something maybe that's like a useful exercise for people to kind of engage in. Um, And the other thing you mentioned, like it's probably the easiest hack to content creation is just documentation, right? And the reason I love that so much is because it's a positive feedback loop that only delivers you more benefit. Because yep. first of all, you're already learning things, right? So if you just go ahead and take that extra step to document what you're learning to share with others, you get to start building a community and a platform like you have. And in order to keep thinking about things to write about, you have to keep learning more things. And in learning more and writing more, you get to understand those things more deeply. So it just keeps going, keeps going. And like, you just keep building on like that foundation. And then at the end of it, you just, you're a more fun and interesting person. I'd like to think too. Do you do you think yeah. you're a fun and interesting person, Prashant?
1: <laughs> i'm definitely a more fun interesting person when i am not woke up this super early oh, I, uh, <laughs> I feel like uh i feel like yes there are some realizations okay just to coming back uh yes i'm focusing a lot more on my podcast right now and i'm going with the same strategy where i don't want to i start with the concept that okay let's do podcasts only on saturdays and sundays but that became harder because Then I would always wait for Fridays to think about, oh, who do I want to get on my podcast? But now I have built a system where I'm getting people every single day. I took a break last week because I was out for vacation, but now every single day I'm having podcasts at 8 a.m. So I'm again building that habit with podcasts as well, because I want to keep it a one-off thing where you are uh, just thinking about late. And then you don't have efficient systems. Like because I am doing this every day, my system is super efficient. I know you guys are, you guys, I definitely want to share notes with you guys about podcasts and what I can learn and what you can learn from my system. But yes, when I'm doing this thing at scale every single day, I have to just send them three messages of my guests because also again right now my guests are just my peers they are not any super professional i know you guys are getting some really high profile people uh, i'm just getting my peers right now to share opinions like Fuad and you obviously uh, and i want to make sure that i am just building that muscle right now and i'm i'm having that muscle of waking up waking up excited waking up to this uh, doing my little bit of research and having a having a fun conversation Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, again, a way for me to leverage all those learnings I had over here as well on my podcast.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, again, like it's it's such an easy thing. And the, honestly, the best part about it, I think, is the community building aspect, which you've done a great job of so far. Because, I mean, like in the same intention spirit of starting the newsletter, like Wad mentioned, right? It puts you in touch with so many people. And the more consistently you do that, the more opportunities for serendipity that you have for people to kind of come across you and who knows you You can like we've made new friends throughout the process of starting this podcast as well we've had incredible connections made with people so we're super grateful for that serendipity now,
1: man yes yeah, actually i have a question for you if you don't mind
2: yeah for sure so here's just a question
1: that came to my mind it's way out of the topic that we're talking about but here's the thing do you think that because you guys are now focused too much on Uh, bringing these high profile people on your podcasts. And because you guys are now popular, you guys are famous. uh, You guys are doing some great work. Next iteration podcast is growing like crazy. Do you think that some of the friends or some of your peers are now not, or what's the right way to put it? Do you feel that some of your peers feel a little bit uncomfortable to reach out to you?
2: I would hope not. Yeah, hopefully
0: not, man. That I have thought about this before. Like, as you get as you get bigger, as you get more high profile, will that make it a little bit more intimidating for people to reach out to you? Exactly. And on the one hand, I think about this. I'm like, dude, there's no way somebody's intimidated to talk to me. Like, I'm just a bucket. Like, I would talk to anyone on the street, and I would love to have a conversation with pretty much anyone. So, it's hard for me to think about myself in in that sense. On the other hand, you're right. Like That's probably already happened to some extent. And as we continue to get more high profile growth on the podcast and guests, that might continue to happen to a larger extent. So we ha- long story short, Damien and I haven't really thought about this fully yet, but we have been brainstorming ways in which to make our audience more involved to kind of lessen that impact um you know things like creating a discord community or another form of community uh, things like shouting out our guests at the beginning of, of our episodes which we've been doing recently like you know shout out amy tang shout out cyrus like those are two of our day one listeners who have been really really supportive um and things like shouting out like i don't know we had a lot of listens from belgium the other day we had like 50 listens from okay. belgium and I was like, what? Like, who is listening for Belgium? <laughs> I thought it was some VPN issue maybe that somebody's was rerouting from. And so it was falsely identified. But things like that, I think, can help lessen that impact. Uh, but, yeah, we haven't fully thought about it. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Damien.
2: No, I was just – it's just funny thinking about, thinking about that. Like, you know, we have a podcast that's – you know, it's still – we're still very much growing. We're still very much early days. To think that people would be too – I don't know nervous I guess like guarded to approach based on that it's just kind of funny because like what are you gonna do if you're that person and you actually see like Drake on the street right like he's gonna pass up
0: <laughs> yeah um, it's, we're definitely not Drake <laughs> yeah we're definitely yeah.
2: not Drake but I think it's just the key is just to show people that you know even through all the growth and like through all the success and the ups and the downs like we're still the same people at the end of the day we're still just doing this for fun like very much so we're just trying to genuinely pursue this our passion of ours which is like self-improvement and again like you mentioned just documenting the process along the way and for that you know like we've come to learn how important the value of you know having these conversations with other people and just the value of those people in our lives too because you can learn something new from everybody right so like yeah. regardless of who you are like we can still learn from you and with that alone you should just have the confidence and being able to start a conversation with us at the very least i don't know about drake no. though 100%.
0: <laughs> yeah, very well said. Anyways, we are getting to time. And unfortunately, it is very late for Damien and I. Uh, we yeah. have so many more questions to ask you. So I think we will have to arrange. check and do a part two. Um, but Prashant, uh, before we end, is there anything you want to leave the audience with? Any promo? We we, we did shout out your Billionaire moonshots podcast. So do you want to shout that out too? Uh, very great podcast. We highly recommend everyone listen to it. But is there anything you want to promo, leave the audience with? Uh, before
1: we depart, and we have one more oh. question for you, so don't worry, we'll we'll do that as well. Oh, good one! I know, like I used to listen to Tim Bellevue's podcast, <clears throat> and he used to ask this, and, I, and always the guest would come, hit back with a great quote, and I'll also hit back with a great quote—not a quote, but something that I believe in—that hey, uh, you got one shot at this life; you can, you have a choice that you could either be a leader or a follower. Why not be a leader? And yeah, lead
2: that's it man i just thought that's it's awesome that, it.
0: that was gonna be our next question we we're gonna ask what what message you leave on the billboard and why but you jumped <laughs> you yeah jumped the i was
2: about to say
0: you already had the quote ready um and that's that's a leader in my books so
2: that's <laughs> anticipated it before we even asked it it's crazy
0: amazing amazing <laughs> um, um
2: but yeah is there anything else you want to, anything you want to shout out though that like, we'll definitely link your uh newsletter in the description, because I'm personally a huge fan. I think you've done some really interesting pieces over there um, that a lot of people would benefit from reading.
1: Thanks a lot, man. Thanks a lot, man. Yes. I'm right now focusing on podcasts. So I would love to keep having these great conversations. Would love to, if your listeners are down, would love to have a conversation building moonshots. I'm also focusing on some uh, like doing a hackathon right now. So this is just a random idea that I want to throw out that what I'm trying to do is, on saturdays which is a free day uh i want to maybe like you know work partner with someone and build something cool a small hackathon every single week so yeah this is something i'm working on so if you guys are down uh hit me up that's it
2: yeah we'll we'll take that offline and let's do a little strategizing see what's happening there uh I, I honestly we've never been in this position before where somebody's answered the last question but we had a chance to ask it so I'm not really sure what to do at this point but um, Prashant man it's been an absolute pleasure um, having you on today I, I'll, I'll have you heard our last question before or should we actually just like just tell it to you so at least you you can go with something yeah you <laughs> can go ahead okay so if <laughs> fun please we we'll be honest
0: uh, no, no. I I mean, yeah, I, I kind of messed up there, but also like I was trying to allude to it, but you jumped the gun. You were just so ready. You had that quote locked and loaded. But the question is, if you could put any one message on a billboard that would reach millions or billions of people, uh, what message would you put on a billboard and why?
1: Okay, here's a message. Seek discomfort. <laughs> this is something uh so you know joseph shin right so joseph shin introduced me to the yes theory youtube channel Mm -hmm. and yes Theory youtube channels i believe i'm still new to them but there's another thing where they have a merchandise where they would sell these like you know hoodies and stuff and the code they have is seek discomfort and that clearly uh clearly helps understand that the theory or the theme behind their youtube channel which is all about that hey go explore crazy things go do these crazy things that you have in mind like you want to run a marathon wake up tomorrow at 6 a.m do it uh like run 10 10 miles at least like something like that like you know do all these crazy things like host uh like like host a dinner party for the entire neighborhood tomorrow night something like that Mm -hmm. so like you know all these crazy things that we just think of these guys actually do it so I really love that mentality and I'm trying to work on that at least for the next 4 to 5 months that I have on my hand.
2: I love that. Um, oh yeah, seen discomfort. Me, yeah, reminds I don't know if you've seen it but I, it reminds me of the uh, TED talk somebody gave I cannot remember his name but it was the 100 days of rejection. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he yeah, Oh you've seen it? Yeah, that Olympic donut. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I it's one of my favorite
0: TED talks.
2: Yeah. Dude is super entertaining but it goes to show you how a seemingly like mundane and feel exercise, which is just get rejected for a hundred days in a row. You would think that like, what, like, what's the point of even doing that, but the way he's able to steal himself to discomfort by the end of it, nothing can shake him, right? Like this guy is literally as, like a stone throw away from becoming a master salesman. If you can learn to like, handle rejections, like nothing can stop you. That's one thing. 100%. That that everybody. hundred percent. Cool. Here's the
1: thing one last thing just want yeah. to mention just we, just because you're talking about rejections. Podcast is a great way to get rejection because I'm just picking every single person that, hey, you're down for podcast. And I also am I'm pinging crazy people, like people who are either high profile or people who are not even related to this. So I actually pinged a model. There's a model on Instagram who I follow and I pinged her that, hey, uh, she's <laughs> just 23, 24 and she's an engineer and she's also a model. I'm like, hey, are you down for podcasts? Would love to uh, understand how an engineer can become a model and help my uh, help my female friends to learn how to do this. So yeah, like I'm doing all these crazy things, trying to move out of the product management silo that I've created and exploring the different verticals as well. So yeah, just asking for podcasts. If you're down for podcasts, it's a great way to just get rejected. And if not, have a great relationship or ha- build a great relationship.
2: I that. And, thank you again Prashant so much for your time and all the insights we'll definitely have to do a part two sometime because um, we do have some questions left over but again it is excruciatingly late for us over here on the west end uh so we appreciate you calling in and uh yeah what any last thoughts before we just call it a good night no
0: you have a conversation I'm glad we could return the favor and thank you for interviewing us uh, I just love the community of podcasters we have going on here man it's so great Um, But yeah, man, uh, thank you for the insights. I have a lot of research to do uh, now on leapfrogging, on geo and the Indian market in general. Uh, So I'm very excited to do that. And yeah, just wanna say thank you for hopping on so early and being flexible with the timing. Uh, We're excited to release this episode. I think our audience
1: really like it. Yeah, man. Excited to see your newsletter and let's see where this next separation podcast grows to. I am excited. I'm excited that we guys are all Focus on podcasts. We guys are all focused on growth and let's keep doing this. Thank you so much for having me over here.
2: Cheers to that.
0: If you liked the episode, follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Our website was built by Face Solutions, logo designed by Charmini and music by Wonderly Music. Thank you for listening.